This episode is sponsored by Wisdom Wonder Project. Looking for a developmentally appropriate, engaging, open-and-go home education option? Wisdom Wonder Project offers a private school education right from your home with rich, beautiful literature-based lessons in monthly digital downloads and streaming instructional videos for preschool through second grade. Wisdom Wonder Project makes learning accessible and affordable worldwide for teachers and parents alike. Try your first month free. Subjects range from literature, block play, art, history literature, and science, along with a la carte options for learning about holidays, nature play, and more books. Wisdom Wonder Project believes play and wondering is the work of children, from which sprouts wisdom. In addition, Wisdom Wonder Project believes character matters in education. With monthly character traits and free book lists available on their blog, they encourage reading aloud family discussions around the dinner table or snuggled up on the couch. To learn more, head to wisdomwonderproject.com and use the coupon code SISTERS to get 10% off your first purchase of any curriculum. Again, that's wisdomwonderproject.com and use the code SISTERS for 10% off your first purchase. Hi there, and welcome to the Homeschool Sisters podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Kara, and we're two homeschooling moms doing this homeschooling thing right beside you. We don't have it all figured out, but one thing we know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Hey, Kate. Hey, Kara. How are you? I'm hanging in. How are you? Oh, man. It's (laughs) been a year. (laughs) It has been a doozy. Do you remember... Was it March or April when we, I think it was March when we started doing episodes that we were like, we're going to get through this. We're going to, it's going to, you know, but we thought like, these aren't going to be relevant for a long time. You know, they're just, this is like a little, you know, short season that will pass and then we'll be looking back on it and oh my goodness, we're still trying to get through 2020. We were so naive. I was reading yesterday that last, so we're recording this right before Thanksgiving, but November 17th was the birthday of COVID, like the first actual case. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I was like, it's been a year. Is a year old. Oh, not that we knew about it this time last year, but yeah, no, no, but it was, it was coming. <laughs> I remember getting sick in like, um, January or like maybe early February it was just a bad cold. And my friend, who's an herbalist, she was like, it's not COVID, is it? And I was like, what? No. (laughs) No, that's not in the United States. And now I'm like, I don't think it was COVID. I will tell you. We flew in January. Yeah, she brought me over. like such a long time ago when we hung out? Oh, we did. I thought you were talking about your family. We did. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Remember oh. remember plane rides to places that are sunny? Remember being and together warm? in person? I oh, know. Oh my goodness, we were there with the kinder girls. We sat in the coffee shops. We planned the whole spring conference. Well, is it we the spring so, conference or the winter conference? It was, it was so fun. The it was, winter. It was March, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The March conference, we'll call it. No, it was, was it February? I think it was right before everything hit the fan. It was yeah. like the tail end of February, and then a week or 10 days later, everything closed. Yeah. yeah. 
I think we were talking about how bad February was and then the entire year turned into February. <laughs> the entire year was February. <laughs> I know somebody just referenced to me like everybody wants to quit in February and November, which is kind of a common homeschool saying out there. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like this year it's been like constant February and constant November. Like it was February until like, August and then it turned into November and it's just been mm-hmm. November. Yeah. I don't even know if that makes sense. Math doesn't, time doesn't make sense. Yeah. What is time anymore? What is school? What are days? I feel really bad because like this morning, my son, he's like, good morning. And I'm like, yep. Like, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know it. No, it's it, not. <laughs> but it's like, I, I just, I just saw him and then we fell asleep and now we're going to do the same thing over again. Like it's, I don't know. It's time has no, like, you know, normally you'd be like, good morning. And instead I was just kind of like, yeah, I guess it is a new day, isn't it? I keep thinking to myself, if you had told Kate one year ago that this is what I was doing, like last night, my kids do a hiking thing. It's an after school hiking thing, socially distanced and everything, but it gets dark because, you know, darkness comes at like 3 PM. And so my friend and I, because it's, it's so cold, we're hiking in the dark with headlamps. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Just to keep warm. Yeah. And it was like our mom's time out. I do. I feel like um, this winter we're heading into like with the darkness and everything else. You and I have talked about this, that like the mm-hmm. darkness is hard and yep. that's why we go like crazy. So we can make sure we put links to that in the show notes, like embracing it and adding light. And finally, this year, after years of you telling me about light. Sad lamps. Sad lamps, yes. Um, my, See, this is the thing. Like, you don't want to spend money, right, on things Mm-mm. that you don't no. need. Um, unless, like, we, oh, earlier before we started recording, I was talking about when I, might, when I take Benadryl to go to sleep at night. And then I accidentally <laughs> order, like, extra cat houses um but normally you don't want to spend things on like stuff you don't need so um I was like yeah I don't know if I really need one and then my um my doctor was like you should get a a lamp and I was like permission and I got one and I use it for 20 minutes every morning I don't know it's not hurting I sit for 20 minutes and I drink my tea it's a nice way Mm -hmm. to start the day so yeah we can link to our sad lamps we can link to Huga. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to share this episode that we recorded last year at this time with our favorite, Katrina Kennison. Such a good episode. I'll be listening to it again for sure. Yeah. Well, that's what we figured is that people would need to hear this message again. Um, we talked to her, like, we didn't necessarily plan on talking to her right before the holiday, like, but it worked out perfectly because she Mm -hmm. just had such a wonderful approach to holiday stuff i was looking back at um the episode the show notes from last year and um she had that quote you don't have to be more or do more or buy more to make it meaningful and i just think that's so good right now because we're just stretched way too thin and a lot of i can't do anything more financially you know things have changed and we're just trying to figure out how to still make things like special for our kids. And I think that this is like the message that we need right now that, um, we don't have to kill ourselves, (laughs) knock ourselves out, you know, um, trying to make it 
anything because like, and the other things for a lot of us, like we're doing the holiday alone mm-hmm. this year. Like we don't have grandparents. Or we cousins just announced or, that. Yeah. 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 So, um, and it's hard because I feel like the time when we need, we want to make magic the most is when our kids are like the smallest and we're already just like exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> And it's yes. like, I'm trying to make magic. Can you please go to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so relatable. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yep. hard. So I think um, this episode will be a really good um, message to carry us through to 2021. And we're going to be on break for a little bit. And then we're going to come back in 2021 with some new episodes. But um yeah, this year has been a doozy. And I I just can't I can't believe like we're still you know, we have to keep going. Right. But, yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> it's bananas. Absolute bananas. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've been working what episode were we talking about? I'm trying to think. Was it the one with um, Anne talking about a new baby? Where, no? Yeah. Was that the where we were talking about the things that we were doing to kind of like help us with yes. just being worn out and exhausted and you were hiking and I was... It may have. It may have been that one. Yeah, I don't remember. See, time and everything just blurs together. I don't even know. Yeah, well, you know what? There are two articles I think we should link to in the show notes for this episode. One is an article. I linked them on my Instagram. Um, that was a really good post. Thank you. Um, it just, people sent me those and I was like, oh my goodness. That, like, thank you. Because the one was, um, maybe it was the one with Shauna we recorded. I don't remember. It anyway. may have been. <laughs> Nothing has. <laughs> the thing is, you and I talk about this all the time. So Right. <laughs> Right, I, and we talk about it with episode. the people that we talk to on here, so then that makes it confusing sometimes. Yes. because not we don't record everything all of our is very blurry. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but that's what one of the articles is about. Is about like that our brains are using all of their energy to like deal with the ongoing stress. So because I worried because like I got home from an appointment and I told you guys I couldn't remember which key went in which lock and it was like is something wrong with me and then I read this article and I was like no oh thank I spent forever one night trying to tell my husband that I was worried that one of my plants that has actually lasted remember last year I got plants to try to fight yes (laughs) little did I know this year would be so much worse but one has many of them have made it but one that I really like is going strong and the kids had done something so that it's 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 a snake plant some of its branch leaves were up pressing against a lamp and i was trying to tell him that the could he please because he was near it move the plant out from under the lampshade and i could not recall the word lampshade and i talked around it and used all these words and then i finally called it the cover for the lamp and he was like hey what <laughs> what is going on but right i mean now? that's a little st- scary when Mm -hmm. stuff like that starts happening and you're like 
Why can't I say lampshade? Is my <laughs> is my brain okay? And so this article tells you your brain is okay. Your brain is just dealing with a lot. And then the other article um, is one that talks about how we're going into a long winter. Mm-hmm. And it's some ideas for things that can make things easier. And it helped me a lot because one of the things it says is like, you know, make sure you have cold and flu supplies, you know, just make sure you have those things on hand so you don't have to like go out and get them. And I realized like we didn't have any Kleenex in the house. So like the next time I placed a target order, I was like, I'm just going to add some Kleenex, you know? And then, Mm -hmm. um, it was like, make sure you have a mask that you like that fits. And that's a big one because like everybody in my family kind of has different ones that have been the ones that they've adopted. And I don't like wearing the ones that my husband wears and, my daughters are slightly small, a smaller version than my husband's, mm-hmm. so like the larger version. Like, I don't know. And so anyway, so I ordered some more masks and it said like, take care of if you have any nagging issues, like you need to get an eye exam because you're going to run out of contacts or like I had a tooth that broke in April from... <laughs> of course you did. From clenching because I was all stressed out. And um, I couldn't get into the dentist. And I couldn't get into the dentist. And then finally I just called and was like, I need to come in. And they were like, oh, okay. So I got my tooth fixed. But it was like, it's like take care of things that are bugging you now because we're going into a dark winter. Um, just in terms of like, literal lights it's I mean and it's I I think it's just harder to go out in the winter um on a normal winter yeah like when you're cold and especially if you have little kids and you have to like bundle them up and pack them into like boots and hats that they don't want to wear and all that stuff remember those days oh my goodness Mm -hmm. so um I've worn snow pants three times already this week you know and there's no snow that's I think there's no shame in the warm game (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, we should link to the boots that you sent me like three or four years ago because I was like, I need boots where I'm not going to fall because I had been out for a walk and I fell on ice, which I mean, I guess if you're on ice, like, what are you going to do? But I needed like a really good sturdy pair of boots. I still have the same pair of boots. They look like they've never been worn. Mm-hmm. Um, they hold up really well. So that and the baked potato coat. And, and hand and feet warmers. You can get them at Costco in bulk and my kids use them for skiing, but I use them just because I don't have circulation in my fingers and my toes. Yeah. yeah. And that ruins my time outside. And I got a couple years ago for Christmas, I got like an adult lady pair of snow pants and I wear them, like you said, like all the time and Mm -hmm. like during the winter, not like, you know, in July. Yeah. But you don't need snow. You just put Mm -hmm. those on. No. And you're really noisy when you're walking around, but yeah. (laughs) Swish, swish. And somehow, sometimes I end up, like, in my snow pants with a hat on, with gloves on, with, like, a sweatshirt on. I don't, with my boots on. I don't know, but, like, not a coat. It's, I guess it's the exercise. (laughs) I don't know. My torso's warmer than, like, the rest of, maybe, you know what? Is that why people wear vests? Maybe that's why people wear vests. I don't know. I've taken to just wearing a, a, I have a daytime vest and indoor the house indoor the house see here we go yeah indoor the house indoor the house it's okay it's not just you if you're having trouble with the words yep. i just yeah. it's meant for outdoors but i wear it indoors because i'm cold and i just i don't care is it fleece my family makes fun of me um it it's like a fuzzy 
Yeah, the top is fleece, and the I think there's a little down in this part. Okay. But it looks like a blanket. Kate is indicating her torso, for those who can't. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> for this part. I'm, I'm acting out. It's charades <laughs> that will help exactly no one listening right now. You know what the problem is? That's the, that's the problem. We can't think of words. We're like... Yeah, word retrieval is really, really hard. I know, I know. Oh my gosh. But that article helped me. The article, um, yeah, about the how your brain is working right now and that it's okay. Like, don't call your doctor and be like, my brain is broken. It's okay. Well, we have so many tabs open. I mean, we always joke yeah. about that pre-COVID, but there are so many tabs open. And then as a mom, you're keeping tabs on your kids' tabs that they have open and yeah. everything's running slower. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. The system is overextended. Yeah. Please hold. Totally. It's like one of the times my computer broke and like my son was fixing it for me. He's like, I think it was just overwhelmed. And I'm like, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> like it just stopped working. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Like certain systems have just stopped working. <laughs> <laughs> They're just not working anymore. But I think it's it's like the kindest thing we can do is just acknowledge that and just let ourselves off the hook for it and not compare to other families and just be like you know what it's it's great that maybe the family across the street is like it appears they're doing fine but you just never know so right I saw a not a meme a video yesterday on Upworthy of it looked like a chow sprawled like spread eagle on the pavement and its owner is like pulling it by the leash, which sounds horrible, but if you watch the video, the chow looks completely just kind of like totally okay with it. And it's going to the song, what is it? Ain't nothing gonna break my stride. <laughs> it's hilarious. And I was like, this is what I feel like. And 2020 is just dragging me through it. Yeah. <laughs> just like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Because my kids are like, that looks that looks mean because I couldn't couldn't stop laughing and I was like well it, it would be mean but look at the dog's face like the dog was a-okay like I'm just not walking yeah and it was like I always worry about that like the dogs on skateboards and things like that I'm like are they just like does the dog want to be there and then you see the dog and it's like it is smiling on that skateboard we don't need to worry <laughs> we don't need to worry about that dog it's like the time that I tried yeah, to you do can look the the dog is just fine yeah like I, I try you know Every year, I think to myself that I'm gonna like try to dress my pets up for Halloween, and every year they, I I'll put a photo in the show notes of when. Well, we actually got the captain's hat for my cat. It's a long story. He has. I love that photo. He has kind of like one eye thing that he's always had since he was born. And so, like, his first birthday party, we threw him, like, a pirate-themed birthday party, which, again, sounds mean. That sounds mean to, like, be like, yeah, let's make fun of your eye that doesn't work. I don't know why we did. It made sense at the time. It wasn't mean. We love him. Of course you do. And so they had a little captain's hat on sale, and I was like, we should get him that. Like, why? I don't know. And I tried putting it on him and he's like miserable. All the cats are miserable. We put it on the dog and the dog is like, I don't want to be the captain. And I'm like, you know what? I don't either. And that's what it feels like. We have to still be the yep. captain, even though. We dressed our dog up like a taco one year. It was hilarious. It was a clearance taco costume at PetSmart. And I couldn't resist. Did you like it? No, she hated it. Yeah. 
Oh. But it would make it would make her run. I thought which this made was it the even old funnier because it had like lettuce and tomato that was like flapping around, and the was <laughs> <laughs> really funny. <laughs> it used to be my favorite thing when my daughter used to do read to a dog at the library. Yes. Um, they on Halloween or around Halloween, all the dogs would dress up. But these are like trained therapy dogs, mm-hmm. so these are dogs that like just they've their demeanor is like they can deal with it. So like. One time there was like a poodle in a poodle skirt and there was Ozzy and he was like a hot dog and like a race car driver. Like she always had, so they, they would always bring their dogs in costumes and their dogs seemed to be okay with the costumes. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing. If your dog's okay with a costume. <laughs> 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 yeah, but my oh. dog was clearly not okay with the captain's hat. Again, I have a friend we'll that has two cats. My friend has two cats, and and the cats always want to go outside, but they are not outdoor cats. But she is often outside, so she had tried getting a leash so that they could at least be outside. And one cat was okay with it, mm-hmm. and the other cat, when you put the leash thing on, the cat just completely went boneless and would just yes. fall over. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which is terrible, mm-hmm. but. No, we had a cat that actually, yeah, he had a harness. He liked going in the car. He loved going in the car. He loved going places. We would, like, take him to Starbucks. He loved it. (laughs) It was good. Um, Yeah, our, the rest of the cat. We have a cat that's, like, outdoor curious. And Mm -hmm. we've tried, like, putting a harness on her. And she just, she freezes. But what's funny is she freezes the same way that, like, we used to have this chicken named Pepper. And... (laughs) When you would, like, approach her. This has turned into the animal episode. I know. I don't even know what's happening anymore. But, you know, it, it's fine. We're, we'll get to the interview. <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen Superstore, have you? No. Okay. I, I've been I binged Superstore. And there's an episode <laughs> one of the characters is yelling at one of the other characters. And they're, like, fighting. And they're, like, you want to hear the truth? Your podcast is a mess. Just get to the interview. No one wants to hear you ramble. Okay. So anyway, just fast forward through this part. If that's how you feel right now. Um, but Pepper, Pepper, she, when you would approach her, she would like stick her butt in the air to be like, it was like a mating thing. So she'd that like, again, I'm doing charades. Like you can't see it, but like she'd, she'd like freeze and just like stick her butt Kara in the air. Kara is sticking her butt in the air. <laughs> <laughs> we'll also include a picture of that in the show. No, no I'm kidding. Um. But anyway, so that's what the cat does when you put the harness on her. She just, like, freezes and is, like, sticks her, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. Like, her chest goes, because it goes on her chest. So, like, her chest is below her butt, and she's just, like, Ur. and, yeah. This cat yeah. just fell over, like, in slow motion yeah. to the same, the same direction each time. <laughs> yeah. Cat, ah, uh, that's the thing. Yeah. But you have to. Uh, Animals like, are quirky. I respect my cats. my dog goes crazy over soft swooshing sounds, like Pam spray, for example. If you if you spray a pan with Pam, it's a very she will protect me from it. <laughs> <laughs> what does she want you to use instead? <laughs> she just doesn't like anything that goes. It's like high alert. Oh but someone goodness. ringing the doorbell, mm-hmm. totally fine. Stranger in the house, yeah. it's fine. Okay, so now but you know what to do right if you're ever really in trouble. 
This goes along with my wasp. I was just going to say that. She would come right. She'd be. Yep. This is yet another reason why you should be carrying wasp spray full time. And if anyone has not listened to the episode, they're totally confused right now. Right. We did. Wow. We can link to them. We did episodes where we interviewed each other and we talked about what weapon we would use in the zombie apocalypse. And then somehow we ended up like telling everyone. Was that like right at the beginning of the pandemic? I don't know. And we're like, you know, we referenced like the world stopping or something. And we're like, just so you know, we recorded these way before like anything happened. Please don't be mad at oh, us. Oh, yeah. Well, our remember. interview with zombies was, that was that bef- way been. before the pandemic. But that, then I yeah. feel like, did we ask Shauna? We asked Shauna. Yeah. Our friend Shauna. And then we realized in retrospect that yeah. that... <laughs> could be misconstrued in scary 2020 times when it feels like zombies could just suddenly like that would just be the next thing that they'd appear in the family room you'd be like okay i need to do this now right like in the the context of everything we were like we really don't want to come off as insensitive we recorded this way before everybody had to stay home yeah it's yeah well you just kind of have to let you have to laugh yeah at where we're at or you would just be crying well more than we are yeah i mean today i had a laugh mug and i'm sitting in my family room with my gather sign (laughs) (laughs) just and we just canceled thanksgiving Mm. (laughs) yeah yep but it was funny and like a dark kind of like Mm -hmm. oh well did you gathering is not allowed that was the lady that was like goals for 2021 and oh, yes, one of them the- was like, spend more time with grandma. And she's like, and grandma died. And she's like, and I'm not laughing, but it's like, she had all but these But she goals. was laughing, but yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like, another one was like, travel more. And then she's like, um, make more, more money. I've been employed since March. Spend more time with friends. Yeah. And she's laughing because, yeah. Because you have to. <sighs> well, I think... We have to relentlessly pursue joy right now. Mm-hmm. Like, wherever we can, which is why I bought tap shoes. Yeah. we. I just bought um, two games that are new to us when I said I wasn't going to be getting games. Throw, throw, burrito, which I think I mentioned in the last one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you basically chuck burritos at each other. And they're squishy, like stress balls. And we have played it so frequently that we've rubbed the eyes clean off of one breed. <laughs> I love that it's just one, though. <laughs> yep. The other one still has its eyes. Probably not for very long. And then the other thing I got is um, Taco Cat Go Cheese Pizza has a Christmas edition. Mm-hmm. Santa, Elf, Cookie. I'm saying them in the wrong way. I, yeah. Snowflake. It's Jamie hilarious. Pain, yeah. It's hilarious. Know. And I'm very. we've been playing that nonstop. And I'm going to pack it away when the season is over and we'll pull it out next year and be excited that it's in there. It was a whopping $9.99. Well spent. We always buy a new game for Thanksgiving and you suggested taco, cat, goat. What is it? Cheese pizza. Okay. We will put it in the show notes at thehomeschoolsisters.com along with Santa, Elf, Candy yes. Cane, whatever the other yeah. one is. And yeah, I should know because we've been playing it nonstop, but, you know, 2020. Also, I, really, I have to look at the card. So if you're having trouble with word retrieval, you've got your stack in front of you. So you can kind of cheat a little because you know what's coming next if you're listening. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Mom, why are you so slow? Like, also, we were talking about puzzles. No, man. We were just talking about puzzles, doing puzzles. I have the ultimate Huga puzzle. It's always out of stock, but I, we can link to it in the show notes. That's a really good one. Um, we're doing what? a Peanuts um, Christmas one right now. Oh, that's, that's fun. Piece. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. That counts as school. Just put on an audiobook, do a puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Definitely. Um, I have a big favor to ask you. I'm wondering, will you please glue googly eyes onto your burrito? for me oh, i will i think that would be funny because then as you're chucking it it's like <laughs> it just looks totally possessed it's just disoriented it's like it's the face of all of us oh my gosh you have to play it outside because i don't shauna told me that they broke things at her house and i was like how like we would have definitely broken things if we played it indoors at I'm first very curious about this game now very curious and it's isn't there intense. like a giant version? Like the there is. We're gonna play that. Giant? We are gonna play that. We okay. have the company sent us that for review. Okay. And I need to do that. We've just been having so much fun with the original that okay. it's also been really good here. The company sent you this for review. What? I just it's just funny to me. The company sent it to you for review and it's like <laughs> it's a giant game where you or a game where you throw giant burritos at each other. Like these are inflatable. Like, I mean, These really, are, are you just like oversized burritos? This game is amazing. I'm, That's all I've got. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just well, trying the to... educational value, friend. I had I had a couple of people recently reach out on Instagram asking about like educational games and what are we doing right now? And I was like, quite honestly, we're just chucking burritos at each other. And <laughs> sure there's any educational value except this making my kids laugh and it's getting out some sort of mother angst at me yeah (laughs) like but we've talked about that a lot this year too that like you can't really learn anything when the stress is high so you've got to like get the stress got to manage the stress first and then another game from the same company that we have is poetry for neanderthals we haven't played this yet either but it involves an inflatable club that you get to hit people with Oh if goodness. they answer wrong. Okay, I want to try all so that, of these. That's in the queue. Also. How, how, do I, <laughs> how do I get in with this company, Kate? Like, <laughs> We can talk after the show. Hi. Um, Kate said that maybe um, you could send me a giant burrito. Thanks. I'm going to go glue googly eyes. Googly eyes. Googly eyes on it. Anyway. Okay. The best part is I was going to write a post on it, and I always tell my kids, like, we cannot open the game until <laughs> I've taken photos, right? Yes. But it's 2020, mm-hmm. and I'm behind on all the things and dropping all the balls. So I was like, let's just play it. And we played it so much that now when I take photos of it, one doesn't have eyes. You're going to have to, like, turn it around backwards. It's so it's like... Everyone will know when they see me write about it. And you know you're, what, though? you're wondering like, why there's just maybe there'll be one burrito and then like <laughs> one is in the air. It'll be like an action shot. Then an action shot, you won't be able to see whether or not. It, it might actually vouch for how much we love the game. The fact that there you go. It's, fa- it's faces now. <laughs> it's really, it's really, really fun. This sounds like a podcast I'd listen to. We loved it so much. We its face is now missing. Its face know. is what happened to its face. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So that's good. We have some games to share. We have some puzzles to share. We'll put those mm-hmm. in the show notes, and then um, you can listen to Katrina 
and she'll mm-hmm. make you feel calm and happy Definitely. and she'll make you feel like it's okay to be cozy and do puzzles and just be with your family and read her books this season because they are so good and they really do help you i read them at least once a year mm-hmm. and they're like a like a reset yeah and mitten strings for god which is the book that it's one of the books that kind of like connected us because it's a book that I feel like wasn't super well known in the homeschool world a few years ago, but it's like because it's not a homeschooling book, but it but it's should so be homeschooly. Yeah, it should be. It's like a Waldorf teacher actually recommended it to me, and I'm so glad that she did because it like changed everything. Seriously, it's like one of that, and we talk about that one and simplicity parenting. Those are the yes. ones that like shifted. Everything for us. We haven't, and they will make you feel better. Both of those books. Yeah. If you feel like everything is hard right now, mm-hmm. and we have an interview with Kim John Payne, the author of Simplicity Parenting. We can put that in the show notes. These are going to be action-packed show notes. So yeah, they are. Head on over, but um, we should jump into that interview, huh? Yeah, we should. Okay. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. This has already come out after. We're, this will be after Thanksgiving. Happy, uh, happy holidays. Happy, yes, happy holidays. <laughs> happy New Year. Happy winter holidays. Happy New Year. Happy 2021. Oh, my goodness. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be better. <laughs> it's got to be better. I d- did I, when I sent you that package, did I send you our Christmas card? Yes. <laughs> I, put, I put a fart on our Christmas card. <laughs> The back of our Christmas card literally has one of my kids farted and the other two are holding their nose. <laughs> okay, well, it's really cute because you're like, it sure was a stinky year. And the two kids are holding their nose and then the other one's laughing. And I was like, oh, that child yeah. is just laughing because the other two are holding their nose. But now I get it. He's like, you put my fart. <laughs> yep, yep, your fart is on the card. It will live in infamy. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yep. That's hilarious. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> On that note. Yeah. We'll jump in. We'll jump into Katrina. All right. I will talk to you soon, friend. All righty. Okay. Bye, everybody. We'll see you Bye. soon. Bye. This book that we're going to be talking about today, I mean, we're talking to an author who has written four books, but the one that we're kind of focusing on I think it just changed everything for me. I'm just, I'm so grateful for it. And I think this is one of the ways that we connected early on, you and I, right? Because we both had a love for this book. Um, we had both read it and connected over it. Because yeah. I read it in a preschool book club when my I had just had my youngest. So I remember being at the book club and it was my first night out and he was sleeping in a sling. Oh. When we talked about the book. Oh, oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. And I, I read it. Um, I had a battered used copy because we didn't have a lot of money back then. So I had to buy it used online and I still have my battered used copy and it's got marks in it and everything else. And now it's got my marks. And because we're doing this interview today, it has about 75 post-it notes, but it's just amazing. So we're talking about Mitten Strings for God by Katrina Kennison. And we are thrilled to be able to interview her today it's such it's crazy it's kind of, yeah it feels a little nuts it's like how did this happen how did we get here <laughs> how did we go from being these two moms who 
I, I feel like I, I really, I didn't know I needed it, but I needed that message from her book yes. kind of desperately, um, all about slowing down, being present, enjoying the ordinary and the simple with your kids. I, I needed that. And I, it came to me somehow and I'm, I'm just continually grateful for it. I feel like it shaped yes. so much from the way we, we like the for, from the way I parent to the way I homeschool to the way that just everything. So to the way you live life, yeah, really. because it's yeah. not the message. The messages in her books go against this whole Instagram culture that we have, where right. everything's perfect and everyone's trying to one up and right and competition. Like there's no leprechaun traps and <laughs> elf on the shelves, like all that stuff. It's it's not that. Yes, yes, it's about slowing down and um, realizing that it's we have such a short time to raise our kids, and it goes by so fast. So, oh, we need to call her. But before we do, quick note, we're going on break. We're going on holiday break so that we can do exactly all the things we're talking about today. Yeah, with Katrina. We're going to just slow down, enjoy the holidays with our families, play lots of board games, eat lots of pie, and then we'll be back in the winter. (laughs) Um, And we should probably let people know one more time. We announced it a little while ago, but in case they're starting to make any travel plans for the coming year, you and I are speaking together. Yes, we are. In March. We are going to be at the Virginia Homeschoolers Conference, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's going to be... Super fun. I feel like it's already turning into a big family reunion because I'm hearing from people that it's like, you know, people we've known for years that are going. It's oh like, gosh, oh, my goodness. We're going to get to meet in person. It's <laughs> amazing. I know. I know. Um, I kind of want to go Let's for like a whole week. Let's hope I don't week. call them all by their Instagram name. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad. I totally did that one time. I met um, I met someone and, and the first thing I shouted at her was her Instagram name. And I felt like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Maria. I shouted, Maria. Her Instagram name, Maria. I, I hope you. Uh, if if you if you don't remember this, never mind. But otherwise, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll have a link to that over in the show notes at thehomeschoolsisters.com, and then we'll be on break for a little while, and then we'll be back in the winter. And um, I think we should should put on our most courageous pants and call Katrina. What do you think? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Hello, Katrina. Hello. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. We are really thrilled to talk to you today. Um, and can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, your family, and the work that you do? Sure. Um, well, I picked up uh, the book that we're going to talk about, Mitten Strings for God, this morning, just to take a peek because it's been a while since I wrote that book. Um And when I wrote it, my two sons were nine and six, and my younger one just turned 27 last week, and my older one is turning 30 in December. So um, I was suddenly thinking, wow, it's time for a 20-year anniversary edition of Mitten Strings for God, because a few things have changed. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm the mom of two adult sons, Um, and that book was really, I was talking to myself as much as anyone at the time because I had such a longing 
to live a different kind of life and for my sons to have a different kind of childhood than the one that would have unfolded for all of us in our busy Boston suburb if I had just jumped in and done what everyone else was doing. So that was kind of the catalyst to to both start writing and to start living in a different way. And, um, and also, it really just opened up a, a lifelong journey for me into sort of the this kind of spiritual path of mothering and, and not just mothering, but really being in relationship and being in relationship with the present moment as well. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, so I, I know you talk about that you were working with Olive Ann Burns. You were her editor, correct? On right. Okay. And that you were inspired by, by her in some ways and it's so neat to be able to ask you because I've always wanted to ask what it was um, in that relationship that you saw with her that that set you on this path. Oh, yes. And it's it's really wonderful to have an opportunity to talk about her and to remember her. And for people who may not know, um, she's the author of a wonderful first novel called Cold Sassy Tree which was published in 1983. Um, And she wrote her first novel when she was my age, 60. Actually, I'm 61 now. Um, And she had just been diagnosed with cancer. And she called her husband uh, right after she left the doctor's office. And she said, well, I have cancer and I'm going to write a novel. Because that was something she had always wanted to do. And suddenly she realized time might be short and she better get to it. And I was uh, probably 23 at the time, very young assistant editor. um, And I got handed this enormous manuscript to read over a weekend. And part of my job was to read things that came in and write um, manuscript reports for the higher ups. Um, I was a lowly editorial (laughs) assistant. And I had the great pleasure of reading this book and getting to write the kind of report that every assistant wants to write. It's like, yes, we should publish this book and it could become an American classic. And so my boss at the time um, paid attention to that memo and we acquired the book and then he handed it to me to edit, which was like also a dream come true. So for a long time, Olive Ann and I talked on the phone and we wrote letters back and forth. And because it was her first novel, and it was actually my first novel as well, we had this just wonderful working relationship. I was young. She, to me at the time, she seemed old. Of course, 60 is not old, but what did I know <laughs> at 23? Um, and then finally, when the book was published, I got to meet her. And by that time, of course, I just loved her. And I think that that affection was mutual. So began this just really remarkable friendship. I had so much to learn from her, um, not just about being a writer, but about being a mother and being um, a writer and a mother and being a human being. And then as she was starting a sequel, Cold Sassy Tree was like this enormous success. Um, And so she was trying to respond to all of her fans by writing the sequel they all wanted. And then her cancer returned. And as it ended up, she was only able to write about 12 chapters, but she had made it really clear that she wanted what she had written to be published, and it really wasn't enough to stand on its own. 
So her family and her literary agent and the publisher I worked for all agreed that I would write kind of a memoir, a reminiscence about what she wanted to do with the rest of the book and also about my relationship with her. So that was the first writing I had ever done, um, longer than jacket flap copy. And of course, I was really excited and very nervous about doing her justice. And I had my first son who was, um, at the time I was starting this, he was just a little over a year old. So Olivanne had died. Her next door neighbor, Norma, um, who had helped her with everything while she was sick, had all of her papers in her house. And I knew Norma well. And so I left my son for the first time home with his dad. And I flew down to Atlanta to start going through Olivanne's papers and start writing this little mini memoir. And it was really just a profound experience to sit there, um, still grieving her death, and be surrounded by boxes and manuscript papers and also all these little notes that she had written to herself. Everything from like lists of what she was giving her kids for Christmas to just little reflections and observations that she made when she was sick. Um, and there was one little scrap of paper in particular that I came across that I just read with tears just pouring down my face because it was it was all about just realizing how precious life is. And I just felt like she was speaking right to me, this young mom with a baby at home telling me to pay attention because you just oh. never know, um, you know, how, how fragile life is and how it can turn on a dime. And so I came home with that piece of paper and put it above my desk and it really has kind of informed everything I've written um, and certainly the way I've lived my life. Wow. Oh, That's wow. amazing. Yeah. Wait, do you want me to just read it? It's a couple of lines. Yes. Oh, I, that would be amazing. Okay. Yes. I, have it, I have it right here because I did include it in the beginning of Mitten Strings for God. And so this is all of Anne, and this is her handwriting. And she, she wrote, I have learned to quit speeding through life, always trying to do too many things too quickly without taking the time to enjoy each day's doings. I think I always thought of real living as being high. I don't mean on drugs. I mean real living was falling in love or when I got my first job or when I was able to help somebody or watch my baby get born or have a good morning of really good writing. In between the highs, I was impatient. You know how it is. Life seemed so daily. Now I love the dailiness. I enjoy washing dishes. I enjoy cooking. I see my father's roses out the kitchen window. I like picking beans. I notice everything, bird songs, the clouds, the sound of wind, the glory of sunshine after two weeks of rain. These things I took for granted before. So she knew she was dying when she wrote those words. Um, and I think as a young mom, I knew all about that impatience that she was talking about, you know, when you're just home with the baby day after day and the days seem long. Um, and so I did feel like, well, this was a message for me and I, and I took heed. Oh, and then you have a chapter in the book that we're going to talk about mitten strings for God called dailiness. Yeah. And I think Kate and I both in reading that it, it really impacted 
I don't want to speak for you, Kate, but I know we've just talked about this book so much that it really impacted us. Um, and I was lucky to read your book as a young mom. And I, I just can't imagine what my parenting would have been like without it. So, I'm, I mean, I'm just so grateful for it. I am too. I read it first when uh, my oldest was in preschool and it was part of a preschool book club. And I have since given it to every new mom. I've given all your books to all my friends. <laughs> but um, I, And I, I echo what Kara says that I wonder how it would be different without reading it. But I'm also, I have a question. Like at this phase in our parenting, my kids are now 11, 10, and 9. And I try to be present. I'm acutely aware that every moment they're, you know, changing and growing before my eyes. And I know a lot of moms out there feel the same. You struggle to be present. And even though you're aware of this and you're thankful for this moment, at the end of the day, sometimes you're sitting well, sitting there thinking, once they're in bed, how can I do this better? So I'm wondering what advice you would give to either yourself or to new moms at that phase, you know, how to be present amid the chaos that is motherhood, because it's a beautiful, messy, wild ride. Well, I think you, I love that word messy (laughs) in conjunction (laughs) with beautiful, because it is both. And I think we are so hard on ourselves. We want to do a good job. We want to be present. We're also human beings. We're fallible. We're so imperfect. Um, And it's important for our kids to see us struggle, lose it, cry, get frustrated. You know, we can't embody perfection for them, but we can embody humanity and humility and fragility. And so being able to just say, I'm sorry I lost my temper or I realized I was really distracted and I'm going to pay attention now. I think that's way more helpful for our kids than for us to just hold ourselves to some high standard all day and then collapse once the kids are in bed with a lot of self-recrimination. To know how to apologize and to know how to let things go and to say, all right, well, this day wasn't great, but tomorrow's another day. Because our kids are going to have to do that over and over again in their lives. And if we can just model that moment to moment, and that really is what being present is all about. It's like, right now, I'm feeling like I really just screwed that up. And there's no reason not to admit that in the moment and to just say, oh, let's do a redo. Or that felt terrible. Or I'm really sad right now. Or I'm just so tired. Um, To just kind of be honest as we go, um, which is just such a great lesson for our children. And I think one thing that I am very conscious of now as a mom of grown children um, is the great beauty of those early years is that hard as the days can be, there's also always another day. Like everyone's going to go to bed tonight and the tears and the mistakes And the bad moment kind of flow along, get forgotten. And tomorrow morning, you get to wake up and make them breakfast and kiss them good morning again and start all over. And it is such a gift that every day you just get a fresh start. And that, too, it's a gift for the children because they realize, oh, even though I did that thing that was wrong yesterday, 
mommy doesn't hold it against me today. You know, just starting over and to start over, over and over again is absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I miss that, um, you know, with, uh, kids who live far away, it's all about like the phone calls and sometimes, you know, the phone calls aren't always that great. And it's not like I can just call back and just say, it's your mom again. Like, that's <laughs> you know, that was really so hot. I mean, sometimes we've done that. Um, but they're not right here under my roof. I don't get to make them breakfast again tomorrow morning. They're far away and they have their own lives. And uh, so I would just say, just really appreciate that every day is a do-over. Mm, I love that. And, and that also when our kids see us, having a hard time, struggling, um, losing our temper, getting frustrated, and then apologizing. They realize that it's okay to not be perfect, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, <clears throat> to, uh, to kind of figure out what you do to care for yourself in those moments and let them see that, too. Like, I am so tired. I'm going to go take a bubble bath and, like, light a candle. And that makes an impression. Or maybe it's just like, when I feel like this, I just need to go to my room and lay down for a while. So rather than like shove that on your child, you can do it yourself and say, this is, I'm going to feel so much better if I just lay down for 10 minutes and have a little time alone. So Mitten Strings for God actually started with a Christmas letter. And so it, it's great timing to be talking to you right now as we're heading into the holidays. Um, yeah. But could you share just a little bit about that, how the Christmas letter came about and kind of how it went viral in a time before um, that was a word, or before that was something that we were yeah. throwing around all the time? <laughs> you think about that. It was over 20 years ago that I wrote that letter. Um, and it was kind of a a reflection it wasn't at all about what our family had been doing that year it was just a little outpouring from the heart about how as the season approached I was just feeling all this pressure and I just wanted to slow down and I wanted to kind of hold the world out and hold our children close and create some moments that felt really quiet and intimate and meaningful And just a little bit about how the culture, especially around the holidays, really doesn't support that. I think it's much harder now than it was then, frankly. Um, In those days, and I know I sound like a really old person when I say in those days, but that was pre-internet, pre-Instagram, pre-Facebook. You weren't looking at pictures of other people's like perfect holiday decorations. Um, But still, there was that cultural pressure Um, and certainly even then walk through the grocery store in the month of November and December. And there are all the magazines like make this the best Christmas ever. (laughs) So wherever you go, there's that pressure. And I just, I just felt like I'm not up to it. And actually it's not even what I want. And so, yeah, I wrote this letter, um, and I just sent it out to the people on our Christmas card list. And then I started to get like personal notes back saying this was just what I needed to read and thanks for sending it. And then I from people I didn't know because people had just made copies and mailed it to other people. And so suddenly I was hearing from people who said, could you just add me to your Christmas card list? For <laughs> so, 
it was it was all by mail, but it was kind of wonderful to see that those very simple kind of spontaneous reflections had resonated with so many people. And in a way, I think that was really what started me on this path. Um, like I said, I was kind of talking to myself, but it made me realize, well, there might be other young mothers out there, other people who are also open to kind of maybe rethinking some of what we're buying into. And then in the chapter piece, you share that holiday letter and then we get to read it, which is wonderful. Um, But then you also share some tips on simplifying the holidays and celebrations. Um, So I think that if everybody wants to pick up a copy of this book and read it, (laughs) if you're listening to this, um, there's some wonderful tips in there, including, this is just one of my favorites, that you don't have to prove anything to anybody. Christmas is not a competition. A Seder is not a cooking contest. A birthday doesn't need to be a blowout. A dinner can be a potluck. I mean, reading that is just so freeing because like you said, there is so much pressure to do more, more, more. And I, I know so many moms who find themselves on Christmas day at about four o'clock in the afternoon, like, Oh good. It's over. It's over. Yeah. That's that's not how we want to. Something, um, thinking about our conversation this morning, I just jotted down this idea. You don't have to be more or do more or buy more to make it meaningful. And interestingly enough, as I look back at the Christmases I remember from when our kids were little, I think my favorite tradition that we had was um, our kids are at a Waldorf school. And so we would have a lantern festival or lantern walk at the beginning of Advent. And that night we had a little tradition where we would come home to a dark house because it would be after dark And we wouldn't turn on any lights. And I would just light a match and start lighting candles around the kitchen and around the house. And then we'd go into the living room after dinner and light candles and go to bed by candlelight. So that entire evening, we would never turn on a light. And I kind of get a little teary thinking about it now because it was absolutely magical for us and for them. And I think of all of the like stupid presents that we bought and all the parties that we went to and the things that like I don't even remember. But what I do remember are those candlelit evenings where there was never a light turned on and how everyone got really quiet and there was just this peace in the house. Like it was so wonderful. So like it's just a good example of when that. you dial it way, way, way back, sometimes those are the best things. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't really have to make yourself crazy to make it happen, which is so no. beautiful. <laughs> and it just happened and it's scattered oh, around naturally. the house before we left in the afternoon and yeah. a lighter in my pocket, you know? Yeah. I was thinking. And it's interesting what becomes the traditions too. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's uh, often the simplest things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've had another tradition in our family when our kids got older um we always read christmas books out loud and then the one that kind of stuck is truman capote's a christmas memory and so once every holiday season 
we pull that out and read it out loud. And there are years where the kids are like, oh, I don't really want to hear it again. And I'm like, that's fine. We'll just do it on another night. So then we'll, we'll pull it out when someone's over for dinner and the, the kids, I still call them the kids, even though they're men, when they're not here. So it's not like they have to be here every year. They've heard it like 15 times. Um, but at least once a season, we'll pull it out and some dinner guests will be really delighted to have us read a story out loud. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing now that your sons have carried on a lot of those traditions that you built when they were younger? And do they yeah. do they come back home and are there certain things they look forward to? Well, I would say yes. Um, they're both single and so they aren't really creating their own holiday traditions in any way, shape or form. <laughs> um, they're happy to come home for sure and and I think as a mom now of kids who don't live at home and they make this big trek across the country to come home, I feel a different kind of pressure to make the great Christmas because they're traveling home and I'm so excited to see them. And so I want it all to be perfect. And I have to remind myself, you know, it doesn't have to be, I don't have to do more, buy more, um, or be more to make it meaningful. It's just like, they're going to be happy to be home and mm-hmm. I should put them to work rather than <laughs> exhaust myself trying to do everything for them just because they're home. In a way that's comforting to hear though, because it, <laughs> it means that you never achieve this level of like, oh, all the pressure's gone now. You know, no. I mean, you still, so, because sometimes I think, um, when is it going to stop bothering me when I scroll through Instagram and see the beautifully decorated tree? And then I look at our tree and it's sort of Charlie Brown-esque and, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> covered with the preschool ornaments and, you know, nothing's coordinated or anything. Um, so it is, it's kind of comforting to hear that you, I mean, are still on this path and it's something you're Absolutely. still pursuing. And so, even this year, I've been thinking, um, I, I kind of want to under decorate when you've been a family, as long as we have, like my parents have downsized. So I inherited a ton of Christmas ornaments and decorations from my mom. And then I still have all those preschool decorations, all the things that got made all along the way, all the Christmas ornaments that were given include, and also the ones that we bought like at the hardware store way back when we were first married, way more than could be on any tree. So I thought this year, you know what? I don't need to put those preschool decorations on the tree anymore. I can take my mom's beautiful antique decorations that were passed down from her mother and just put those on the tree and the other ones that I love and just make it beautiful and to please me. And the kids who are 27 and 30 can just deal with it. If they're little, <laughs> little egg carton uh, decorations don't show up on the Christmas tree. Like, do they really care? Um, so it does like these kind of inner dialogues continue. They just are mm-hmm. a little bit different. And I think stay away from Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I like about all of your books is your your authenticity and vulnerableness that you'll just you, you're you aren't afraid to kind of lay it all out there and talk about your struggles in a way that a lot of books that people recommend when you're a, a new mom or a young mom is 
are more parenting, telling mm-hmm. you what to do. And right. your books don't do that. Your books tell your story, but it's so relatable and it's, it ends up being inspiring. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to ask you about was what was it like as a mom writing with all these little ones running around at home? Uh, I actually have no idea how I managed to do that. I mean, it, <laughs> I really don't because I don't have little ones running around at home anymore. And I find it really hard to find time to write. Um, but maybe part of it was, I, I think I was so aware of time passing and that these were moments and days and memories that I would never get back, that I was really determined in some way to just capture them and hold on to them. And writing was a way to do that. Um, And I also have to give a shout out to my husband who was very supportive and he was working at home during those years. He had a little office in the upstairs bedroom. And so I was upstairs writing about the kids while he was actually taking care of the kids, Um, which was true a lot of the time. The only way I could get the writing done was to hand them over to him some, but I was also able to just sit on the porch with a pad of paper in my hands and write while they played in the yard, which was really great. Um, I wasn't actually writing on a computer at that point. I had one, but it was all still so such brand new technology that I was writing like on file cards and yellow legal pads um, and then typing into the into my computer later. So I was able to just write on the fly a bit. That's amazing. That's amazing. It really is. <laughs> As I look at all my post-its everywhere and all my notes, I think, oh, okay, like maybe these will turn into something someday. <laughs> but I also, there was a long gap between Mitten Strings and my next book. And it was, I think I did realize that was really, really hard writing that book. And I had an editing job at the same time. So I just thought, I don't think I want my life to be that challenging for a while. So it took a while before I read the next one. Since, since you mentioned your second book, I, I love all three of them and I listen to them almost every year. Once a year is always my goal just because I it's like soul soothing, but I was wondering, and I, I have a feeling I know the answer, but I wanted to ask it anyway, if you have a favorite of your three books or of a certain phase of motherhood. Oh, well, two different questions. Um, I have to say, I absolutely loved those days when I really was the center of the universe for my kids. (laughs) Maybe that sounds really egotistical, but um, I think what I loved about it was how physical it was. It's just like there was always somebody in my lap or someone's hand in my hand and they just to just be able to hold them and touch them and hug them. Um, And once that's over, it's really, really over. And I think there's just no way to ever replace it. Like there's nothing else like those years when they still just want to be hugged and touched and kissed and nuzzled. So I do miss that. Um, And about the books, oddly enough, I would have, each of my books is precious to me. um, But the one that I really love the most is the most recent one, 
which is a collection edited. I rewrote a lot of the pieces of all the pieces that I have on my blog. Um, mm. And it's called Moments of Seeing. And I love it for a bunch of reasons. One is that as I wrote those pieces, I wasn't ever thinking of them as a book. It's just that as the years went by and they accumulated, there were all of these essays. And so they, they kind of capture life as it was being lived. Mm. Um, I had the chance to go back and re rewrite them. And then I knew my New York publisher wasn't going to want that book because they, the piece is online. And so that gave me the freedom to do this book. And my husband, we met in publishing he owns a little company. Um, so we became partners and I got to choose the paper. I chose the typeface. Oh. I worked with a local designer, a friend of mine copy edited it, um, a local artist. I, it's her painting on the cover. So it's a completely homemade local book. And it's so beautiful because a publisher is going to choose the cheaper paper and they're, they're there for the bottom line. And really it was almost like a gift that it wasn't about trying to make money. It was trying to make a really beautiful book that you'd want to hold in your hand. And it is absolutely gorgeous. Um, I wouldn't change a thing about it. So that's, I guess that's my favorite. Oh, wow. I love that. Okay. Well, we will make sure that we link to all of your books at yeah. the show notes. So it is available. It's on Amazon. Okay. It's also available through my husband's company, Earth, Sky, and Water. Um, okay. And they ship it directly if you want sign. If anyone wants signed copies, then I sign them and and he ships them for me. <laughs> and oh. when we published the book, my son Henry was, <laughs> happened to be at home. And so it was really fun. Like it was definitely a big family affair. Um, suddenly we had like 5,000 books delivered and all these orders. And so he and I went into the warehouse and I signed all these books and he packed them up and we sent them off. So that was really fun. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. I, I definitely know a couple of gals who are going to want some signed copies, right, Kate? No, I think so. <laughs> but we'll make sure that we, um, we link to that over in the show okay. notes at thehomeschoolsisters.com and we'll link to all of your other beautiful books. Um, Kate, did you have more, any more questions at all? I have one that's a little bit off topic, but that oh. I'd love to ask is if you have a favorite book of your own. Oh, wow. What a great question. Um, you know, I think I'm going to say, just because it's been on my mind a lot lately, not a book, but a play, Our Town by Thornton Wilder, um, which kind of like my relationship with Olive Ann Burns, I was actually in that play in high school. And so performing in it, reading it, learning it, that was really the beginning of my lifelong theme, which is celebrating the beauty in each ordinary day. Um, there's a line in the play where Emily, the main character who dies young in childbirth, uh, she is allowed to come back to life for one day and just see what it's like. And so she, you know, from her grave is trying to pick which day she should go back and relive of her entire life. And the stage manager, who was kind of the narrator of the play, he says to her, pick the least important day of your life. It will be important enough. And I think that line, um, you know, if you put yourself in those shoes, what day would you go back and relive? 
the least important day of your life would be important enough. And I think that's kind of, in retrospect, I came to see that that's where I got the theme that I write about all the time. So. Oh, perfect. So good. Okay, now I want to read that. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, oh. Well, Katrina, this has been amazing. I, I can't believe, you know, it's one of those things where sometimes when you read a book, it just touches you in a way where you're like, oh, I wish it would just be so neat sometime to like sit down and have coffee with the author and talk. And I feel like we got to do that. So Absolutely. this has been such a gift. Thank yeah. you. Actually, um, it's been a you. gift for me too, to, to, to just talk to two moms who are right in the thick of it right now. It's really good for you. Good, good work. <laughs> uh, well, and, and um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think so many moms are going to hear this and, and really benefit from your words. So, so thank you um, for that too. And before we go, we always like to ask if there's something that's bringing you joy right now. Well, there is. Um, when you said so, you my parents are in their eighties, and they live. Um, they live uh, just about from me. They moved to our town and built a house here so that they could be close to us. And so I get to see them almost every day. And like yesterday, I had a doctor's appointment. And my dad came with me. He said, "Do you want me to go to your doctor's appointment?" And at first, I was just going to say, "No, I can go alone." And then I thought that was such a nice offer. Sure, Dad, come to my doctor's appointment with me. <laughs> it was so nice to have him. And I've got my sons who don't live here, but they'll be home for the holidays and we stay close um, in close touch by phone. And so the joy comes from being right in the middle and being both a daughter and a mother. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. And I know that can't last forever. So I just savor every single day that I still get to be a daughter. Mm, yeah. Well, Kate, what about you? I I am super excited for Thanksgiving next week. It's my favorite holiday. I feel like it has less stuff associated with it. You just, you know, are gathering with your people in your cozy spot and eating and enjoying a meal together. And so I'm looking forward to seeing some family and friends that we haven't seen in a while to have them here and host them. Mm-hmm. What about you, Kara? Mine is kind of along the Thanksgiving theme, too. Um, you know, and it's along the theme of this episode, for sure, that for years and years, I, I felt like, you know, our celebrations maybe were missing because we we didn't have a lot of extended family to come over for Thanksgiving and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so recently, I, I said something to my daughter, who's 12 now, I said, do you, you know, do you wish that we did more? And she said, no, I like that we make pies and play Scrabble. That's our tradition. And it just, <laughs> it Is like, there anything better than pies and Scrabble? Yeah, but... <laughs> I want to go to your house. <laughs> <laughs> it just, my mom loves yeah. We love Scrabble. And so does my son, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Something else we have in common. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it just lifted this this little weight of worry that's been on my chest, even though I've you know, known for years and years, like it's, it's going to be okay. It's enough. It's what they know. We all have each other, you know, but it's hard sometimes. And so to hear her say, no, like our tradition is that we make pies and we play Scrabble. It it just felt like, okay, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just really good. I love that. (laughs) 
Great. Well, Katrina, I know our listeners are going to want to connect with you more. So can you tell them where they can find you? Yeah, very easy. My website is uh, www.katrinakennison.com. Okay. So, and there's there's a lot on there. Um, just all the pieces I've written over the years, uh, they're all there. They're, and I would love to, to meet some of your listeners over there on the site. Oh, fantastic. Well, we will link to that in the show notes, all of your books and anything else that we talked about today over at the show notes at thehomeschoolsisters.com. And thank you so much. Thank Thanks. you. This was a, such a fun conversation. This has been amazing. Oh, um, well, have a great rest of your day, everybody. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'd love to answer your question next, so head to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com, and click on Ask Us a Question. We share posts over there, too, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes so we can connect with more sisters out there. And until next time, remember, you've got this, sister.